Welcome back to the Poet Delayed Podcast. Uh, my name is Scott. I'm the host. I appreciate, as always, those of you who've taken your time to listen to my prior episodes. And um, those of you who have taken a moment to give me some feedback, give me some thoughts, that really means a lot to me. So I appreciate that. Um, and I have with me today, I guess, a good friend of mine, Jason Langston. And we are going to be talking about a poem of mine titled Inconsequential. But before we do that, I just want to introduce my friend Jason a bit. I've known Jason, we've known each other since I think probably February of 2020, right? Sounds about right. Yeah, we were in a men's group together and got to know each other that way. And uh, been he's been a great support to me and I've really appreciated his friendship. Um, I wanted to give you a little time though to kind of explain what what you do you know, professionally and kind of what you're doing in your life right now, because if we, as we've talked about it, I've really been impressed and it's been pretty inspirational to me. So if you don't mind just taking a moment, give, you know, and, and letting me and the listeners kind of and giving us an idea of what you've got going. Well, thanks a lot, Scott. Um, honored to be here. Uh, as you've told me about your efforts to start this podcast, uh, I'm impressed with uh, your ability to, uh, follow through and, and make this happen. It's really cool to thanks. see. And I'm sure it has been rewarding for you and for the people that have been listening. So thanks for having me. Yeah. Great to be here. Uh, a little bit about me, my background. I, uh, professionally, I guess, uh, I, my career has been in financial services and, uh, have, uh, worked in banking and, uh, started a brokerage firm, uh, about 20 plus years ago. And um, still have my hand uh, a little bit in doing some financial services work and some investing. But really what my focus is on today, uh, I would say two years ago, so not much after the time frame when we met, uh, decided that I needed to do something that was consequential and uh, that uh, was rewarding to me. Uh, we spoke a little bit uh, about the, the selfish aspects of what I have uh, been involved with. But I decided to uh, uh, receive some training in, uh, took a couple of courses in recovery, in the recovery field. And uh, uh, it, it's been super interesting, the, the journey so far. So uh, I, I've become certified as a recovery specialist. And what that has allowed me to do for the last, I would say, 18 months is be in a position to help others that are in the throes of addiction recovery and, and uh, different stages. And so uh, I have acted as a sober coach and uh, literally moved in to a, a home with an individual uh, and helped him as he, has, as he exited uh, a uh, inpatient treatment program and transitioned back into real life. And, and I have personal experience with that and, and know the struggles that uh, someone coming out of residential treatment, whether it's 30 days, 45 or 90 days, uh, it's a challenge to enter their real lives again. And uh, support is, uh, uh, is crucial in whatever form. And so having someone come and stay with, uh, with them in their homes, uh, yeah, that, that ended up working for me, and it's been great to be on the other side of that to, uh, to be able to be there for other folks as uh, they have transitioned back into real life. Uh, so that's been one piece of what I've done. Uh, another piece uh, would be to uh, simply show up at someone's home and travel with them from their homes to a treatment facility. Uh, and, and sometimes picking them up from a treatment facility and taking them back home. So it's just the simple uh, process of, of travel and transportation. Uh, again, from my experience, I, I know that that was a, a struggle of uh, mine, uh, just getting to a treatment facility. And so, uh, again, to be in a position to uh, be there for folks that uh, need that particular service has been rewarding for me. Yeah, and you've told me about a few of these experiences, and and when you talk about traveling with them from a treatment facility to their home, you're not talking about you know driving down to South South Salt Lake at some facility and driving them back 
you know, up into Davis County or something, you are like getting on an airplane and flying with them from, you know, like what's California to their home, maybe in Arkansas or something. I mean, you are, this is, it's a time commitment. It is. uh, Usually it takes a couple of days. And as you described, uh, it usually, it uh, almost always has involved uh, getting on an airplane. And so for instance, flying from Indianapolis to uh, Minneapolis, uh, and you know, it's, it's early morning wake up calls and, you know, airports are very triggering places for, uh, uh, people that particularly struggle with alcohol. Um, and, and so just being next to someone and knowing that they have someone there that is supportive, uh, is huge. Hmm. I have no idea that there's even a program like that. And, and it's, it's reaffirming of humanity to to know that there's people out there who are starting these programs that who understand the need for this um and you know a little bit that i know about you uh, if you don't mind i I understand that you um struggle with alcohol and so among other things among other things and so this when you were traveling with these people, I mean, one thing that I've been so surprised with is in my recovery is to see patterns. <clears throat> you know, there's not really new symptoms. There aren't new patterns. I mean, if you're an alcoholic, you see the pattern in another alcoholic. Right. You know, people who have addiction, well, addiction in general, really, it's not just alcoholism. It's addiction in general there. You see the pattern in other people and you can recognize it. And so... I, I guess when you are with these people, it, do you see the patterns? Is it hard for you? Is it triggering for you? Or how do you how do you deal with that? Uh, that's a good question. I think I am gratefully far enough along on my recovery journey that uh, I don't necessarily get triggered from environments mm-hmm. that I'm in. I'm not going to say that that never happens. It certainly does. But uh, when when I am uh, on the clock, when I'm working, uh, I am invested in and all in for the person that I'm with, for the client. And uh, so I am. I am. My senses are heightened mm-hmm. uh, certainly as we're traveling uh, to make sure that the client, uh, if and, and they do get triggered. Uh, and upset uh, based on the various circumstances. So I, it, it's good to to know that and be aware, and you know even anticipate what uh, what challenges might come up. But I like what you said about uh, the, the patterns because uh, I think there's enough research out there that addiction in whatever form that it is manifested is very similar across the board. Yeah. And and we know now. Uh, based on experience and research, what, uh, uh, what happens and, uh, what can be done to, to overcome. I always like to see that. I, I say that, you know, I like to see patterns because if I see a pattern, then I know that I can, if you see when I see a pattern, I know that there's something I can do about it, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I can anticipate and, and so forth. That's a numerical concept, right? right? right. Kind of like, uh, in, uh, <laughs> I don't know why this came to my mind. Uh, that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, Predator. They uh, they're hunting it, Arnold and his guys, and they see that it bleeds. And Arnold says, "If it bleeds, we can kill it, or something like that. Or if it bleeds, <laughs> it can die." You know. And so you know, when you see patterns, you think, "Okay, wait a second. Yeah. I can cut it off of the pass. I can, I you know, I can anticipate and things like that." Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you also mentioned that you are going back to school and I getting know. your masters. Yeah. Uh, just started a master's program uh, to uh, eventually uh, get a degree in clinical mental health counseling. Uh, it's an online. It's a university that's based in Minneapolis uh, called Capella University. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have developed a very solid online program. So this this uh, program that I'm involved in will be done all online uh, with two or three. Uh, residency uh, kind of long weekends, I think a Wednesday to Sunday. So a couple of opportunities to meet fellow classmates uh, and instructors. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I'm nervous, anxious. Uh, I haven't been in school for 30 years. Mm. I mean, I've done some trainings and so forth, but this is full blown. 
and uh, already I'm uh, finding out the weaknesses in my writing. <laughs> uh, so it, it'll be interesting to progress, uh, but I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited to, to follow you along this and see how it turns out for you. Thank you. I think you're going to do a good job. I, you know, with your life experience and this experience you've been having with helping others, I think this is just a natural fit. So this, oh, thanks. Be good. Yeah. So we've got a great guest today. Um, and as I mentioned, the poem I want to read today, it's a poem called, uh, titled Inconsequential. So I'm going to read that now, talk a little bit about it. And, and then Jason and I are just going to see where it takes us. <clears throat> so inconsequential. At what point is my absence inconsequential? When there are too young to know the need, but that time is gone. Certainly not now, in the midst of life's straits, with foamy waves pounding and hidden reefs lurking beneath an angry, fluid surface. No, not now. Now they need a captain. Is that presumptuous? Who has already navigated a similar course, though more Hazelwood than Magellan. Well, all Hazelwood and no Magellan. Perhaps this time will be when they've helmed their own ship. Is my absence inconsequential then? Can I cross the bar then? Of course, they'll think of me and perhaps want to see my face and hear my voice, or have me hear their voice and see their face. But would my absence harm them in those later years? That is the question. But here's the better question. Would my absence now be better than running them aground again and again and taking on salty water to no seeming end? I've given it a go, but the ship lists endlessly and the course seems fucked. Would the idea of me be better than the reality? That is the real question. So I wrote this poem, and it really is a poem that I wrote rather just kind of a stream of consciousness. I just was, it was a day that was difficult for me, just struggling with um, wanting to be around, just, you know, feeling like there's a lot of pressure. And then, then just the thought just thought, well, I can't just check out because I have, at the very least, I have five children who need me. And so this, this poem is just kind of a working through of, of, you know, what do I have to offer? What do I have? Am, am, am I inconsequential? Is my absence going to impact them negatively? And, you know, I've, as I've mentioned before, you know, my mother passed away when I was 10 years old. And a lot of, a lot of these poems actually I feel like are dealing with the emotional um, fallout from losing a mother and, and not having the emotional support going after that. Um, and so this kind of just, I, I just started writing this and went back and, and changed a little bit. And, um, you know, I, you know, the question really is, am I doing my kids any good being here? And, you know, the final question is, uh, would the idea of me be better than the reality? That is the real question. And as I've pondered that, as I've thought about that, I, I thought, you know, the, the whole question of am I inconsequential or not is really a selfish question. And I realized that, um, you know, through the process of writing this, you know, the, the feeling that I had was that I'm not inconsequential. I mean, just, I mean, every parent, no parent is perfect. And, and so we all make mistakes. But I think the real purpose of parenting is to just to be there for your children. And my question of um, would the idea of me be better than the reality is really asking, I mean, if you break it down, it's asking, would I rather have my children have fond memories of the years that they had with me, you know, or should I, or is it better just to stick around and, and slug it out with them? So, I mean, I, I, you know, the question obviously is to stick around and slug it out with them, not, not fighting them, but, you know, slugging out life with them side by side and, and being supportive of them. So that was kind of the, 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 uh, thoughts on the poem. And can I ask you a question? Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. I'm, I'm curious, you, you brought up your mother and, and I, I know that story of her passing when you were 10 mm -hmm. years old. I'm wondering how this poem, uh, came from, from the, from those experiences and wondering if you felt like, uh, it was inconsequential for her not to be around. Uh, I, I feel like it's very consequential. I mean, she, it, it, you know, I, 
one thing, you know, I meet my, I meet people who knew my mother and like, if I, I meet people, there've been pe- people that I've met for the first time in my life since my mother passed who knew my mother. And she was a wonderful woman by all accounts. And so I, you know, I meet somebody and I have instant credibility because she was my mother. Um, I, you know, her brothers and sisters, her, her, uh, her mother and father and friends all just speak glowingly about her. And that's wonderful to hear. Um, so I've got great thoughts about my mother, stories about my mom. Um, you know, the memories that I have are good memories and fun memories, happy memories. Uh, but those didn't comfort me those nights when I was struggling. Those didn't, um, hold me when I wanted to be held. Hmm. Those didn't, uh, um, listen to me when I was in those dark moments when I didn't feel like I had anybody to listen to, right. you know? And so that, that's a good question because when I think about it that way, the, the, the answer is obvious that, um, I would much rather have had my mother to hold me, have my mother to listen to me, have my mother to talk to, um, so that, that's a good question. I, I wasn't thinking. And the of, answer to the real question. Yes, exactly. Or an answer yes. to the real question. You know, I, I certainly wasn't thinking about about it in that context when I wrote the poem. Mm. But yeah, that's 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 uh, insightful. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and so I, I kind of want to talk, you know, turn it over to you a bit because I'd like to know. I mean, your father. You have three daughters. I have two daughters and two a daughters son. And a son. And one of your daughters just got married recently. Correct? That's right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, my thoughts. You know, as a father, have you come across feelings like this? And I, I, I think most people occasionally will think these types of things. I'm curious what your thoughts are and your yeah. feelings. Well, um, I, uh, I feel like, uh, and I've told each of my kids this that. Uh, they are the best thing that I've ever done. Uh, that, uh, you know, the, the, uh, having them come into this world and my role in that is the best accomplishment for me, uh, f- far and above anything else that I've done career wise or life achievement wise. Uh, they're just, uh, they're just a joy, uh, each of them individually and, and collectively together. Um, I uh, uh, certainly have had uh, similar type thoughts as uh, as I've gone through my life and gone through different struggles. Uh, I think one of the first uh, things that I'd want to bring up is that uh, in my uh, growing up, my parents were divorced uh, when I was 14 years old. And as I uh, grew older into a young adult and, and started the process of uh, dating and considering uh, marrying someone and starting a family, uh, one, one of the things that I told myself constantly was that I would not go through a divorce uh, because I didn't want my kids to experience what I did uh, in mm-hmm. my family when my parents were divorced. Mm-hmm. And I think that thought process um, as I, uh, got married, uh, to my kid's mother and, and I have been divorced from, uh, the mother of my children for 15 years. Um, I think that, uh, thought process ended up delaying what needed to happen in my marriage to mm-hmm. their mother, uh, that, uh, we, we started a family and, uh, and as our relationship deteriorated, I think we held on longer than we needed to, or, or maybe should have, uh, in part because I didn't want my kids to experience divorce. Interesting. Um, and it, it needed to happen. And, and then once it did, we went about the business of, uh, you know, living as a, uh, as a separate family, as being co-parents. And, um, um, it, it was very, very difficult for everybody as, you know, I'm, I'm not unique in that, uh, but, but it was a challenge, uh, for us to navigate, uh, what it meant to have two separate households and have the kids come and stay with me, uh, you know, on Wednesday nights for dinner and then every other weekend. Um, it, it was hard. Uh, and, and I saw it affect 
each of my kids differently. Um, and and uh, there were struggles that came out of what happened to, to their parents, uh, to me and their mother. Uh, so that, that was one part of, I, I guess, getting into this question of, of uh, being in, inconsequential to our kids. Uh, I think uh, uh, second thing would be uh, to, to bring up that, yeah, I, I certainly have been in dark, dark places uh, in my life where I questioned my existence and, and whether I should go on. Uh, I can't necessarily recall uh, the, the thought coming to my mind, like, sh should I be here for my kids? Like I think is what, mm -hmm. what your poem is kind of addressing. Um, fleetingly, uh, certainly I'm, I'm sure that uh, those thoughts came up. Uh, but, but there were times when, when I was deep in my addiction, and we know that addiction causes uh, uh, selfish actions, thoughts. Uh, you know, it, it's the, uh, really the epitome of selfishness of, of being in addiction. Uh, I don't know that I could uh, or had the ability to, to really think clearly enough at, at, during those dark times of, you know, do I need to be here for my kids or mm. what would happen if I wasn't here? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, my addictions, I don't think have been to the, to the nature of where they have taken me down those dark roads. Uh, so I don't, my, I think for me, it comes like when my depression sets in, when I feel like I'm, um, just overwhelmed and, 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 you know, the way I, I always describe it is all, every pathway is dark. There's like nowhere to go. There's nothing I can do to get out of where I'm at. Um, and, and those moments, are, those are the moments when I just, I almost, um, you know, I, what's interesting is I have times when I, I want to justify being inconsequential. I don't want to be wanted. I, I want, you know, I've, there have been times when I've actually had the thought, the feeling, I wish my kids didn't want me as a dad. I wish mm. they didn't want me around, um, because then I could check out mm. very selfish, mm. very selfish. Right. Um, I, I remember a moment though, something that I think about, I've started thinking about more is the kind of changes that for me or like helps me at least think differently about that is I remember we were in Washington DC well this was in 2013 actually January of 2013 and we, we were with the kids we were touring all the Smithsonian museums we had our car parked on the side of the road it's kind of a funny story but it, it makes a good point for for the situation and so I was going back and feeding the meter every you know I think you could up to two hours so I, every two hours I'd go back and feed the meter some more and you know, I went there about four o'clock or so. I went to feed the meter again and it would only let me put in for an additional hour. And I was thinking, oh, it must be free after six o'clock because I know in Salt Lake City, you know, you, you, after eight o'clock it's free. So I was thinking, okay, same thing here. Right. So we spent, it's like eight o'clock at night. It's dark. We're walking with all the kids, just dragging them back to the car. I'm tired. And <clears throat> as we're walking, I start getting this weird, this eerie feeling because I don't see any cars on the side of the road parked. And I, what used to be a, a lane or what used to be like parking meter parking was now a lane that cars were driving in. And wow. I started to understand like, Oh, okay. It wouldn't this is me. a commuter lane. Yes. At rush hour, this turns into a commuter lane. And sure enough, we get there. Our van is gone. Oh boy. Exhausted, tired. I'm looking on the meter. There's a phone number to call. I'm calling. I can barely understand the person I'm talking to. I'm getting stressed and I mean, just overwhelmed. And then all of a sudden behind me, I hear, I'm so happy. And I turn around in my little Stella blue. She's over there in this little grassy area, just arms out, spinning around. I'm so happy. And I didn't think about this then, but I thought I've been thinking about it lately that just because everything is dark for me and I think that maybe I am failing 
it's a different experience for our kids. Mm. They don't see that, you know, they see dad, Mm. you know, and they're, you know, my kids have been very loving and supportive. And so as I think about that experience, I think that my experience is not their experience, especially when they're little, right. When they're, when they're younger and, you know, my kids, my youngest now is 12. So Mm -hmm. they're getting a little bit older now and they're seeing, seeing life more for, you know, seeing the vicissitudes of life and not Mm -hmm. just, uh, um, happiness, but, um, not just happiness. That sounds, that doesn't sound right, but they, you know, they're experiencing, they, they, they see the reality of the difficulties of life now. Sure. But I think about that. And experiencing their own. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And experiencing their Seeing own. Seeing yours and experiencing their own. Right. Experiencing which, their own. Right. Which brings it even more to the point. Like, I want to be there when they're experiencing their own. Hmm. I want to be somebody they can turn to. And, you know, if they need to be. I tell them all the time, you know, I've mentioned this multiple times. I, I tell them, you know, I, I want you guys to come and talk to me if you're ever having trouble. And if I can't fix it at least you don't have to suffer alone. You don't have to be scared alone. I can, we can sit there together and be scared together. You know, you don't have to do it by yourself. And and for me, that's more than anything right now in my life. That's kind of the, um, that's where I want to be. I want to be there for my kids. If they need to talk, I'll talk if they, you know, so that's really, and I'm sure you get some of that now and different at different levels and degrees from each of your kids based on age and oh, where your relationship is with them. I will say that, uh, the, the most rewarding thing for me as a father is to be just what you said, be there, uh, be, be a resource for them when they are experiencing struggles with life. It, it, uh, I mean, obviously I don't wish struggles for any of my kids, uh, but I am but so inevitable. grateful. Uh, of course they are. And I'm so grateful for, uh, the relationships that I have with each of them and each of them in the last month, I've had deep, great conversations with them with what's going on in their particular struggles. And, and it's just, uh, I, I, I'm just blessed. I feel so grateful to have those relationships with each of them and it's work, you know, it's work, uh, on my part, it's work on our parts to develop those relationships so that I can be in a position to, uh, be there on those days when they need me. Yeah. I, last night, my youngest Ruby, she came into my room and she said, dad, so you want to hear, uh, like my boy drama? I was like, of course, come here, sit down. <laughs> that's the good stuff. And, and I just sat there and just listened. And she just told me about everything that's going on. And my heart was bursting. I mean, I, I mean, she's, you know, she's 12 years old and it's, she's, you know, this just kind of really starting to get serious for her, like this boy trouble, you know, and, and, but my heart was bursting that she wanted to come and talk to me about it. And I was just listening and, and smiling out of, joy that she wants to come and share that with me. And, um, sometimes some of the stuff that my kids talk to me about is very hard mm-hmm. and it's hard to listen to, but I, I'm going to listen to it always. And Absolutely. I'm going, going to be there. I like your description of your heart bursting, uh, you know, having, uh, feeling that joy of being in that position to have her come and tell you about what's going on in her life. And I think further to that, uh, with each of my kids, uh, recently, my heart is broken for Mm. them. Uh, you know, my daughter, Rachel recently was laid off from her job. Uh, she lives in New York and, uh, was very unexpectedly laid off. And, uh, I happened to be traveling, uh, uh, the day that this happened, I was in London and I get a call from her crying that dad, I just got let go from my job Mm. and, and my heart broke for her. Yeah. Uh, and, and so glad that, uh, that, that she would call me in a moment of crisis and need and that I could be there for her. Uh, my, my daughter Riley, uh, who is in nursing school, uh, ended up not passing one of her classes that, uh, she needs to progress and to get that call from her and hear her 
disappointment and heartbreak and, and for me to be there for her. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm just grateful. And uh, Spencer, uh, last weekend, gave me a call. He just recently moved to Phoenix to start a uh, technical college program for music production. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's got a roommate. And this is his first experience having a, uh, a roommate. And they got into a little dust-up. And, and he called me, Dad, I don't know what I need to do about this. He won't take out the garbage. <laughs> uh, I get it, bud. The vicissitudes hard. of life. <laughs> <laughs> so but it's all it's all degrees you it's, know it's all yeah. degrees of of difficulty and yeah and, and and that's the good stuff yeah yeah and you know it's one thing that i'm learning you know as a father is that uh things that may not seem big to me are big to them and it deserves the attention uh, as much attention as something that maybe I would consider more serious. It deserves the attention because in their little world, in their minds, that is it's everything, everything. Yeah. That's dominating them. Mm -hmm. And so it deserves the attention. It deserves the time. It, it, it deserves the, the, uh, the love and care on that note. I'm glad you brought that up because I feel like, uh, yeah, let's go back seven years in my life when I was still deep in my addictions uh, I don't feel like I had the ability to be there for my kids. Uh, uh, yeah, certainly uh, I, I was, and, and as struggles came up, I would do my best based on where I was and my abilities at the time. Uh, but I, I know for certain that uh, over the last seven, eight years, as I have done work on myself, uh, I, I, my ability has vastly increased in being able to be there for my kids uh, the way that they need it. Not the way that I need it, mm -hmm. not the way that I need the relationship, right. the way that they need right. it for them and the way that they need me. And I think that's really important to, to understand that concept because um, they don't need you how you want to be there. Right. They don't need your relationship. I mean, to have a productive relationship with them, you know, for me to have a productive relationship with my children, it can't be on my terms. Right. And, and I think that's, I think that's true for every relationship. You know, it's in some extent, there has to be an understanding as well that some things have to be on your, your, your terms, like especially mm -hmm. if, you know, in a husband, wife or, or, uh, you know, in a romantic relationship, there needs, you know, a spousal relationship, there needs to be, um, a give and take. Yeah. Different I, dynamic with the parent child. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, you can't determine and dictate how the terms of your parent child relationship mm. is going to be. You have to take, you have to be able, I've been finding that I need to be sensitive to what they need and show up that way. One of the most important epiphanies that I've had as it relates to uh, me being a father uh, and I, I can't point to a specific instance that this happened, but it came to me that I need to just let them be who they are, mm. that the harder and the more that I tried to control them or right. control outcomes for them, the worse our relationship was. And so me letting go and just letting them be who they are, uh, experience life on their terms and coming to me when, when they want to, and when they, when they feel like they need to, that, that has so much improved our relationships over the last several years. And it was hard, it was, especially like when kids are younger and in high school, you know, there, there need to, there needs to be rules right. you know, and expectations uh, put on kids as, as they grow and progress. Uh, but it, it doesn't need to be with an, an iron fist. And I, and I think that is, is the key. I, one thing that I'm trying to do, and, and like you say, it's hard because sometimes you can see what's coming, you know, yeah. and all you can do is be there for them yeah. because some things you can't learn except by going through them. Right. And, and anything we say to them, uh, that they, they won't fully get it right until they experience it for themselves. Right. Right. And so what, what I, I, I think that's 
as a parent, that's probably got to be the hardest thing to, 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 to let go, to watch, watch them struggle, watch them struggle. Super difficult. Yeah. You know, and I've, I've tried to emphasize to my kids that, you know, what I, the way I say it is, you know, regardless of where you are in your life, decisions you make in your life, you know, my door, my heart and my ears are always open. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I mean that, but like I said earlier, it's still difficult, you know, and it takes work on my part um, because that's because sometimes I, I want to get in there and say, don't do that. Yeah. This is not going to be good for you. And, and there's probably some instances, I'm sure there are some instances where you probably should put your foot down because the, you know, some lessons maybe you can't come back from as easily, you know, right. But you know, that's, that's a case by case scenario. It's it can't be, target. yeah, it can't be an across the board rule that I'm just going to make every decision or, or not if we want to have a good relationship with them. That's right. And, and that's it. Um, you know, I've, I've had good, you know, I, I feel like I have a good relationship with each of my kids and I feel like, well, I know that they feel comfortable talking to me about things because some of the things they bring to my attention or that they want to talk about, you know, I never would have talked to my parents about, I never would have raised with my dad and raised with my dad, you know? And, but here's what I do feel is like, cause during some of the conversations, it's really hard to sit there and talk and listen. And what I'm finding actually is what's required really is just listening mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Yeah. It's just listening. And because there's no, I don't have any solutions sometimes, right. Right. you know, and just the listening. And my, my impression is just the listening and they're knowing that I'm listening mm-hmm. and that I'm actually hearing them. That, they're not always coming to us for a solution. Right, right. Just and, want to be heard. Right. And at the end of these conversations, you know, it seems to be a lot of time it's just like, you know, I feel better. Thanks for talking and thanks for listening to me, you yeah. know. So that's been a hard thing to do because it's easy to jump in and try to give answers to it's everything. It's our nature. It is our nature. Yeah. Um, one one thing that, that you mentioned, though, that I, I wasn't thinking about this when I wrote the poem you know, we talked earlier about patterns, hmm. you know, and, and, you know, in this poem that I wrote here, you know, there's, I use a, a sea motif, you know, the ocean and I love the ocean and I love, um, I have this, uh, I don't know, it's not a love hate relationship, but a love fear relationship. You know, I, I yeah. love the ocean, but it's terrifying to me as well. The unknown, the unknown. Right. Um, but as, as I've thought about this, you know, one thing about the ocean that I love is that if you understand the ocean, you know, if you understand the, you know, these sailors, they understand the, they, uh, they, these captains, they understand, you know, the, uh, the wind, they understand the currents. If you understand these things, then you can use the ocean as you can use it to your advantage, to your benefit, to your yeah. benefit. Um, and, you know, as I think about this poem, I think, yeah, if I, going through life, you know, in my relationship with my children and, and everything, if I understand, you know, here, you know, there's a lot that you can, that, that I can relate to this. I mean, other people have sailed. I mean, we're not the first, we're not the first, right. these, this course has been charted before, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so if we understand that, if, if we listen and if we're receptive to other people and, and paying attention, I think it's, maybe easier to avoid the reefs, avoid the rocks. It's an important point to bring up because for uh, the majority of my life and uh, when I was deep in my addictions, uh, the shame uh, uh, that that I felt, I felt like I was the only one Mm. who suffered from what I was going through, Uh, totally alone. And and that kept me uh, in the addictions for... A long time longer than necessary until I saw that I wasn't the only one mm. that was such an important uh, piece of my journey was to experience life uh, with others others that have gone through or were going through uh, the same things that I was experiencing that was huge I like what you said uh, about that because we are not the first to sail the ocean uh, yeah. we, we have the benefit of others who have charted the course before. 
Right. And when we understand that, then we can avoid pitfalls. Now, mm. sometimes Mother Nature does what Mother Nature does. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. And those are the times where you just need to hunker down and then have people with you who can help you ride through that. Yeah. You know, and, and so how much do your kids know about your addiction? Are they they know most of it. Yeah. 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 Which has been... Again, great conversations yeah. to have with them, to share with them who I am, yeah. uh, which encompasses who I was, right? And, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, it, th- those were uh, tearful, uh, challenging, hard conversations to have with each of them, but I felt like it was important for them to know uh, who I was and who I am. It would seem to me, too, that... Um They're, they're knowing those your, about your addiction, those things that you've gone through. It almost, I feel like, well, it makes you more human and it makes you more approachable and it makes you somebody that they can go to when they're struggling, maybe not with, you know, the addiction. The exact same had, things. Yeah. But with anything, you mm-hmm. know, I can talk to my dad because he understands stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that definitely has helped. Yeah, I think to pretend like that's not part of your life or that mm. my problems aren't part of my life just muddies it. That's a lack of authenticity. Exactly. And authenticity breeds connection. Yeah. Where whatever the relationship is. Yeah, and and you know, one thing that I've learned is the the opposite of addiction is connection. Mm. And so, you know, to the extent we have strong connection, that's going to help us break free or stay away from addiction because we have those connections and totally auth- agree. And authenticity is, is at the core of it mm-hmm. really. I mean, you can't connect with, uh, I don't know about you. You can't, can't connect in isolation. Right. I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> you cannot. And, and, and it's hard to connect in, in, in authenticity as well. Right. You know, that's the importance of, uh, you know, vulnerability. You, you listen to any of Brene Brown's stuff, you know, the importance of vulnerability. Right. And vulnerability includes, uh, or not, not just includes vulnerability. Um, the core of it is to be able to, well, be honest with yourself and open to yourself. But I guess, um, but I also want to say with that, that not everybody's entitled to know everything. Not at all. And that's important. I think to remember. Yeah. Oversharing. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I, I used to say, well, I'm, I'm not going to walk around with a scarlet letter on my mm. chest and yeah. preach from the rooftops. This is what I've done. These are the All horrible right. things that I've, I've done. And I'm trying to overcome by just spewing that out to the universe. Yeah, that's that's yeah. not authenticity either. No, it's not. It's not authenticity at all. I'm not sure exactly how to define that, but I'm sure there's a definition somewhere yeah. for it. I, I, honestly, I felt like I needed to do that at one point. Like I, I needed to declare my failings to the world, to the universe in order for me to overcome and heal. I've had that very same impression in the past and I'm glad I didn't act on it. Mm-hmm. I have came very close to acting on that me too. And I'm glad I didn't because yeah. not everybody's entitled to that. Not everybody will respect, um, where you're at. And I'm sure I have overshared that different points in time, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it, it's a learning process. It is a learning process. And, and to be sure I have overshared as well, but I have not proclaimed it from the rooftops <laughs> and I don't intend to ever. Um, one thing I want to shift gears a little bit here. Um, you know, we've talked about how this poem applies to, uh, parenting. Um, you know, as you and I have talked in the past, you've told, told me about a business that you've started up and, mm. and do you see, so th- this poem came from a, 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 an era, a, you know, parenting background, mm-hmm. but you know, we've kind of talked about how this applies to other aspects of your life as well. I, I'm interested to hear thoughts on that. Yeah. Well, I think in general, the question of, am I consequential? Does life, does my life have meaning, uh, comes up in, in many different areas, uh, even outside of parenting. Um, uh, you know, what, what, uh, what did come up for me as I read your poem and, and as we've talked a little bit about is, uh, the time, uh, when I was, uh, essentially fired from my job, 
uh, fired and let go uh, from a company that I had uh, helped to start uh, as a co-founder uh, with uh, with some other guys that I had known and worked with for for many years, and. Um, uh, I, I don't need to get into the, the long story mm. of of, uh, of why, uh, but I but I ultimately was uh, let go from the from the company, and uh, a legal suit followed uh, for a couple of years, a, a lot of pain and anguish, uh, and a lot of feelings on my part of did I matter in mm. in that. Uh, creation of the company. And, and the reason why I thought that was just because of the dynamic of how things played out. Uh, I didn't get closure from that process. Uh, I, I, I didn't have an opportunity to uh, come into the office, sit with the people that had worked for me directly, say goodbye, uh, thank them for the work that they did for me uh, or receive thanks for opportunities that I had helped to provide. Uh, I just, I didn't get closure. And so I had many thoughts during that process of, did I, did I really even matter? Uh, and the answer is of course, yes, I, I did. Uh, could the company have been created and become as successful as it did without me? Maybe, but I, I had a major role. In, in how the company was formed, how it started, how it grew. Uh, and, and as I came to find out that when I left, the company was just fine without me and continued to thrive and survive and grow. Uh, and that, that was as a result of the uh, foundational work that I put in to the company. But I did have to ask myself, did, did I matter? in this? Did I matter not only to the process, but to the people? Uh, and, and I think the latter is, is what bothered me more at the time was that, uh, the relationships that I had with the people that were no longer there, did I really, did I really matter to them? And I think that's, um, that's an important question because that strikes at the heart of who we are as as humans and wanting that belonging mm -hmm. and wanting that, uh, acceptance, that acceptance and, and the connection that we had and, uh, the dismissiveness, you know, being disregarded, that's painful, mm -hmm. you know, in, in any, in any realm. And, you know, I think of, uh, the John Donne quote, um, you know, no man is an island entire of itself, you know, and I don't have it all memorized, but, you know, he talks about if, part of the continent falls away, you know, falls into the sea. That's part of the continent, you know? And so we are all interconnected. And so he says, you know, you know, talking about the, the, the bell tolling for somebody who dies, you know, ask not for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for thee. Hmm. And, you know, the fact of the matter is we are all interrelated and, and, and we impact each other's lives. So, the question of am I inconsequential is no, you know, t to any degree. Absolutely. And that is the answer. It is the answer. And, you know, I, I, I came out asking this as a parent, you know, and, and like I mentioned, trying to justify that maybe I am in, I am inconsequential mm -hmm. and wanting to be inconsequential mm -hmm. for selfish reasons, because then it'd be easier to walk away. Right. Um, and I wonder if it really would. It, it, that's a good question. Right. That's that's the I best question. You know, I don't know that it really would it be would, easier. No, because what would happen for It'd me? Be tormented. I, tormented. What, what would happen is I would have to I would have to, you know, cope in an unhealthy way so I didn't feel those feelings anymore, and then my life would just spiral down. That's yeah. what would happen. Yeah. That's what because I I could not bear the thought of abandoning my family. Yeah. So same here. Yeah. So, you know, it was written in a, a very low time, a very mm. low moment and expressed how I was feeling and there were selfish feelings and I worked through them. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, the, 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 the question to anybody out there of, are you inconsequential in any area of your life? The answer is no. There are people who rely on you. There are people who love you. 
There are people who want to be with you. Yeah. There are people who enjoy your company. Um, I, I, fe- I feel like sometimes the, the problem may be that we are trying to be with people who don't know how to express that. Mm. Or we're trying to be with the people who you know, don't really care much for us. Well, and I think with that, that uh, some you know, relationships can have an expiration date. Yeah. And that, uh, and that's okay. That is okay. Uh, that, that, uh, things happen for a reason, mm-hmm. uh, for our benefit, for others benefit and, uh, you know, trying to control outcomes, uh, only adds to the potential angst. Yeah. I mentioned to, to you earlier that I've got this new, you know, in my life, I'm trying not, I'm not, I'm not going to chase people anymore mm-hmm. and then I'm not going to chase relationships anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I will, I will put energy into a relationship, but if it's not reciprocal, I'm not going to chase after that. I mean, that's been a problem, frankly, of mm. mine in the past is trying to make relationships where they weren't, right. you know, trying to, trying to make friends and these people, I'm not saying that these people were bad people. They're just, their interest is not. different than mine. Right. And I'm, I'm trying to make something bigger than it is. I'm trying to create something that's not there and I'm not doing that anymore. And, and I find that as, as I've, um, managed that, as I'm just taking the friendships, you know, I'm not chasing after these relationships that there's a bit of, uh, there's a bit more comfort in my life mm. and, and, and less stress. And I'm just, I don't worry about great to notice that, that. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about patterns. Yes. Patterns. I love patterns. Uh, but yeah, so I just, you know, no man is an island. We all rely on each other mm. and you know, there's that problem when we are, trying to make things happen when they shouldn't be happening. Maybe I, I think it's, it's, it's learning for me. It's just been learning to be more self-aware mm-hmm. and to pay attention to responses of other people mm. and to not sweep them under the rug or necessarily react yeah. immediately. Right. Yeah. Give it some time. Mm-hmm. Pause, hit pause, hit the pause button. That's been huge for me. Yeah. That's great. Um, but anyway, so I, I appreciate your being here today. It's been a great conversation. It's been great being with you. And I appreciate your friendship. I'm looking forward to continuing that. Um, and those of you listening, appreciate uh, your taking the time, sticking with us. And uh, as always, if any of you have any thoughts or comments, uh, you, know, you can email me at poetdelayed at gmail.com. And uh, if uh, you know, whatever platform you listen on to this podcast, uh, you know, you can subscribe and like, and I would appreciate that if you did. Um, Thank you.